Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Who gonna check me bro? And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone Welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I am Dylan Hafer And today I am joined by two very special guest co-hosts, Sammy Sage and Jordana Abraham. Hi, how are you guys? Hello, incredibly excited to be talking about my favorite topic for the next hour or so. So (laughs) I am as good as could be. Yes, we have been, I mean, we have been talking about Beverly Hills on the Ad Badges podcast, but we thought we would move the conversation here and have it with a real Bravo expert um, so that, you know, we could do, we could talk about it on our real Bravo channel. So we're so excited to be here. <laughs> yes. We have a lot to talk about, obviously reunion part one today, and you two are going to be joining me the next four Thursdays to talk about the whole reunion. So, and we're going to be getting into winter house also on some Thursday episodes. So we've got a lot to talk about, um, before we get into this reunion episode, because you guys haven't been, you know, here for the whole season. I want to give you each like 30-ish seconds. I'm not timing you. Who cares? <laughs> to kind of say like how you're feeling about all the Erica stuff. Like what have been your thoughts kind of as the season has progressed? So Sammy, you can go first. <laughs> okay. I have been pretty suspicious of Erica um, since this all started unraveling and the more I like read about it and the more you sort of like look into the history of Tom's alleged, no, they're not alleged of Tom's <laughs> like legal issues. It's clear that this has been going on for a long time. Erica knew about it. It was sort of an open secret. And I kind of stand by what like Sutton said that she made a deal with the devil that she was going to like, live off her husband who was going to fund her career and her entire existence, knowing that, um, that it, there was something sketchy going on. I'm sure she didn't know every in and out of his law firm, but yeah, the only question in my mind is the only like remaining question is like, is there offshore money? And is that why she is, why she stuck with him the whole season or did mm. they spend all the money? Well, so, you know, the devil always comes knocking. So <laughs> I am I am I am with Sutton on like all her suspicions. She was spot on and completely vindicated. Amazing. Okay, great. Jordana, what are you do you feel the same? Do you have any different sort of nuances here? Yeah, I'm definitely interested to know, like, obviously she's been I think her whole business, I've always I think I've always kind of had like a thought in the back of my head when watching the show, like how does she afford to fly 10 glam squad people like internationally first class just to do like her makeup for this event, which didn't really seem like a lucrative thing to me. Cause it wasn't like, Oh, I knew a ton of people who were just buying waiting at the edge of their seat to buy Erica Jane, like concert tickets. So I'm definitely interested to know, like, 
I'm sure like I'm sure she didn't know everything, but I would like to know exactly what she knew, which I'm sure we will never find out. But I also don't think she seems that poor right now. So that's another thing I'm excited to see. (laughs) It was interesting to hear last night that when Andy was kind of starting, you know, giving her sort of like a little bit of space at the beginning of the episode to sort of like give her little PR statement about how she can't, you know, say everything. She was talking about how the money situation during the season was like not that big of a concern, it seemed like. But then and now it is now it is like I'm. I'm always like a little unsure of like what's really happening with the money because even on the trip to Del Mar in the last few episodes, she still had like people there doing her makeup. Right. And it's like, okay, if you're saying, girl, I have zero dollars, like, okay, then like, how are those people getting paid? Like, what does zero dollars mean in actuality? (laughs) Forget the glam squad, a Range Rover. You don't need to drive a Range Rover. You can drive a luxury car, Erica, that like costs. Or not a luxury car. No, here's the thing. She's not not really, she's not going to downgrade her lifestyle past a certain point. But like, she could probably lease like a BMW for like 400 something a month. Like rather than her land, her Range Rover, which is probably costing her closer to a thousand. Her rent on that house is like I've seen on Reddit, like ninety five hundred dollars. Like you don't need to live in that one house. You could go live in a you could get a condo in West Hollywood for a really nice condo for like five or six thousand. So like she doesn't need to be. I already just have her monthly expenses. So just like, you know, she you're like, like Su- you're like the Susie Orman of Erica. You're like, you're like, girl, I have figured out all your expenses right. down to a T. Yeah, like she's still, you know, I mean, I don't think she's allowed to sell her clothing, but whatever. But I have to say, I thought she looked a lot older on the on yeah. the reunion, I think that like her, she obviously had glam, but it didn't her glam and the other things like makes her look like she's 25. Cause it's like so incredibly airbrushed or something like that. Like I hear, I felt like she looked like sort of her age, which she's probably unhappy about. Like she does seem like somewhat a little bit poorer. No, maybe one's like ugly, a little, they're just poor. <laughs> maybe like a little less like Botoxed or like, yeah, like maybe she that looked was a little it? like, the like her makeup was still done, obviously, but it was like she looked a little less like fresh. I don't know. Right. It looked less Kardashian and more like a, a regular housewife on a different franchise season two. Yeah. Yeah. How she looked was actually a huge um, point of debate on Reddit. And people thought the other things that were thrown out there were um, no, not enough filler. Like she's not filled anymore, which has made her skin sort of like cave in a little bit her face is like ruddy from alcohol and people think she gained weight. I think like she just looks like what she actually looks like. Cause she has just like overall less intense maintenance. It was, I was surprised to hear that her adjective for how she wanted to look at the reunion was hot. Hot. Because I was like, I feel like you're kind of look like not about, this isn't even about her looks. It's like, I didn't feel like she really was giving like, hotness in the way that she has in the past like she wasn't performing no. hotness the way that no, like I know Erica Jane has so it's kind of like okay like I don't that's not really like the vibe I'm getting but like you know she wants someone with a big dick that's like her objective now um it's her goal strange. to come across she also has as a like big bank account. yeah I, I know I really fe- I felt like big dick was almost like code for 
big big bank, bank account. account. <laughs> she didn't. Which she um, knows she can't say that. She honestly didn't do anything to convince me that she did not have sex with Army Hammer and or Scooter Braun with, that, <laughs> with those reactions. I'm not going to lie. Like she wants a, a big dick and money, like money. So why wouldn't she, you know? I mean, I personally like Scooter Braun is repulsive to me, but like I can see the the, the pros. The key to a know. music career. He's a I don't think a Scooter Braun is going to like marry Erica Jane. I don't really see <laughs> no, that happening. It's not. Yeah, you don't think that, but like, let's think about the machinations of Erica's head right now. She's like her most desperate she's ever been. You don't think she'd be like, why not try it? Like, no, I think she'd be down. I don't think he'd be down to marry her. Erica's like, if I sleep with Scooter Braun, I'm going to be featured on a Justin Bieber song. (laughs) Yeah, have sex with. I don't think he wants to marry her. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honey Love. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. The first sort of like package that we move into is all the stuff with Sutton. You know, she had an eventful season, but it seems like for the most part, we're not getting into her and Erica yet, but like she seems like she's in a good place with Crystal. She seems like she doesn't have a lot of baggage really that she's bringing to this reunion. I feel like, you know, she's doing well with her roller. She doesn't need it on the set. Well, I have to say, I think that. Sutton came with like a, a confidence to the reunion, knowing that like the audience has her back. So I think yes. it's much easier to be confident when you were like, I know I'm right now. She has the whole, like her whole existence exudes. I told you so. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, to see the way that Rinna is kind of 
handling Sutton is very strange to me. I feel like Lisa Rinna, I don't know what has happened, but she's like lost touch so much with how people are watching the show and are like reacting to the show. And so for her to be like making these comments about how she didn't think Sutton's store was a business and like kind of like smirking about it. It's like, first of all, you used to have a boutique that I think didn't do well. So like a business. Yeah. So like, why are you making digs about somebody else's boutique? It's quite telling because she obviously doesn't see a boutique as a business. She sees it as like a hobby that sucks money. Like it actually, if you're <laughs> successful, your boutique can be a business. Right. Like it is technically a business. <laughs> like it just, it's, yeah. If you're like owning and operating a store, that is a business. But she was probably like owning and operating a hobby, you know, like no, Erica I Jane think, being I think, an no, artist. Rena had that store before she was on Real Housewives. I think she was trying to no, make I know. money from that. Store. It wasn't a hobby for her. <laughs> Rena's store was not a hobby. Bill Gray. I mean, wh- why not? It could have been like a vanity store. No, because I don't think I don't. The, I, at least Serena is the poorest person on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Maybe now I not anymore. I yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think that was in Lisa Rinna's era of like being a sad C-list actress before right. she Doing like the diaper commercials. Right, right before okay. she got Housewives and kind of reinvented herself as like iconic hair and big lips. <laughs> right. <laughs> She, yeah, I think, fair. I think her whole thing is becoming very tired. I know we have like more to discuss about her and Garcelle towards like the end of it, but I think she is like past her peak. Totally. I, my thing with Rinna is that I feel like she has, she's in the category of housewives that are just like Bravo staples. And it sort of feels like they're kind of like untouchable on the show. And after this season, it makes me wonder like, what would have to happen for Bravo to be like, eh, I think we're good on Lisa Rinna. Cause I still can't imagine her actually getting fired, even though people are like fire Rinna. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, Vicky was a housewife staple and they got rid of her. Also, you know, I feel like, I wonder if like Andy likes Rinna and that's why she stays like, so again, Tamara. this, Right, Tamara, too. I guess yeah. I guess this goes back to my question. Like, who would you want Andy? Who would you, if you could know Andy's opinion on any housewife, who would it be? And maybe it would be Rinna. You asked me this last night and I said Rinna. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think, think Rinna is one of those people where like her personality is so perfect for housewives that it's easy, like, and I'm sure in the past, like she was bringing great stuff to the show. So she's kind of like occupied this role of just like, She's Rena. She's a housewife, but like we can give it and we can take away. Right. I think we should take it away. I think we should take it away. I would like to see Kyle without like this Fox Force five or four or whatever. Like that ruins the show. The fact that these women have like this sort of agreement, either explicit or implicit, that they're not going to talk about certain things ruins the show. Like, it, I mean, I guess it's very classic Beverly Hills. It's true to what you'd be like in Beverly Hills, but it's like very bothersome as a viewer. That's one of my biggest questions as we go through this reunion is going to be where Kyle sort of stands with that group when the reunion ends, because I feel like we're sort of getting some inklings that she is like not totally team Erica. And I mean, we've seen that a little bit in the season, but like, 
I would love to see Kyle sort of have a moment where she actually like speaks up and distances yeah. herself from that group. But I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm that's one of my biggest kind of like things I'm interested to see is like, are we going to get a moment from Kyle that's like, uh... I don't think she's going to do that. Because Kyle has been around. I think Kyle is actually the most manipulative person on the whole show. And she's very good at it, doing it subtly because she's had a lot of practice and she's like been watching. She's like she learned a little bit from like LVP, but also what not to do. Kathy. Yeah, Kathy. Totally. But also but like what not to do, I think. And so she, I think, gets away with she'll say less and say it very strategically. And I don't think she will come out with like a very like strong statement in either direction she plays both sides i do think last night when you know garcelle was going at it with dorit and with rinna i think kyle was giving a lot of facial expressions which i enjoy but she was the kind of getting involved to the least we saw crystal kind of jumping in We we saw erica jumping in you know obviously sutton and garcelle are close but like kyle wasn't really like she like she clearly doesn't want to come for Garcelle, but she also isn't really like going against Dorita Rinna. Yeah. Did you see what she said about the race comment? Like when they were saying like don't bring race into the show, she she said like, well that this is real life, like this is a real life thing. And I was like, oh, Kyle has like learned to you know. Well, <laughs> Kyle knows what yeah. Kyle knows what to say to say the right thing and i also think or like to say somewhat of like the thing that's appropriate or or what she thinks the viewers will seem as will deem as appropriate but i also think i kind of feel like her long game thing was like she was pissed at garcelle for um calling her out like even in the beginning where she kind of called her racist a little bit or she like said that like what she was doing like had some sort of like racial something involved with it and I think that she was mad at her about that. And I think that she's letting Dorit and like Rinna kind of like get back at her for that. Well, she ended up fucking over Dorit and Rinna because they are the ones who come out looking like, well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. But she, yeah, she had them do her dirty work. And then now she looks Dorit. like she's like, she's cool with everyone. Let's yeah. talk about Dorit versus Garcelle because this took up a lot of time on last night's episode. And I did a poll on the Bravo by Betches story this morning of Team Dorit or Team Garcelle. And I think it's like 87% yeah. Team Garcelle. And it was. I took I it. I think this was like a big miscalculation on Dorit's part. And I'm surprised because when the episode, you know, that like Rinna Beauty party episode and the ones after that, I feel like the viewers were very vocally not feeling Dorit's argument you know like they were very like why are you coming for garcelle like this and it surprises me that she didn't double down kind of like course correct before the reunion because it's like she is she's like coming for garcelle in a way that we haven't really seen dorit come for anyone before maybe camille a little bit but like it's it's a lot of intense energy coming from dorit and it feels like really like you're going this hard at garcelle and it's It's an interesting look. I think this is one of the side effects, like the externalities, if you will, of having the Fox Force 5. Because if they could like get to the... This this part of the reunion, I felt, was sort of like clearing out all the issues that are not Erica related. Like they wanted to like almost get them out of the way. And I feel like 
the fact that Dorit like had to like start drama with Garcelle, like it all felt so manufactured and like she was just like overreacting for attention. And I think that's one of like the results when they're not just allowed to let the season play out because they have these alliances. Dorit can't, I mean, Dorit can't like clearly Dorit has some doubts about Erica. Like they all clearly have doubts about Eric, yeah. whether they're forthcoming about it, but because they're in this like alliance, they're not going to come for Erica. So they need to do other things to distract from that. So that's why I think like Dorit had this really stupid hill to die on with Garcelle. Making passive aggressive jabs. What do, what passively does passively provocative. passively provocative is like the funniest turn of phrase that she has clearly decided is like, how she's going to refer to this. And it's like, what are you? What it's like all mean? passively provocative. It doesn't even make any sense. It's just passive, passive aggressive. Also, <laughs> like, why are we acting like all of the women don't make comments in their, in their uh, yeah. confessionals? They're already they're, First of all, they're starting a fight with her about confessionals that haven't aired yet. And like, they didn't see that they were already starting fights about, her confessionals and they just like use that as an excuse also like of course garcelle is not comfortable her whole point is that you make her uncomfortable she's not going to bring up these issues to your face i thought it was really surprising or maybe not surprising but that dorit and rinna basically were saying that yeah okay we all say stuff in our confessionals but garcelle does it more than anyone else which i just feel like is objectively not not really true and even if it was it's like that is the assignment like that's they sit you down in the confessional chair and the whole point is that they're getting you to speak candidly and like I just think it's Garcelle is not doing anything that is like new or different than like the typical housewives way of interacting with each other and so the fact that Dorit and Rinna have like latched onto this idea that she's making digs and jabs and being passive aggressive. It's like the whole point of housewives is that you're having like these heated interactions with each other. And I don't think Garcelle is doing it in a way that's any less appropriate than anybody else. I agree. And I also think last season, like how could Dorit say that last season she did Kyle's fashion show thing for her, whatever stupid line. And then she was like, in the confessional was like, Kyle doesn't know how to run a fashion show. At yeah. All. Like, <laughs> did she say that to her face? Did she say that? She's not really a designer. <laughs> right. So I'm saying, did she say yeah, any of that to Kyle? But I'm saying like, no. she was like, she was like, yeah, this is, this was a, she's like, this fashion show was a complete mess. And then after like, she did not say anything like that to her. I think they're mad that Garcelle is like wittier than she is. And all that stuff Dorit was saying was like, you try to be passive aggressive to be relevant. Like, that was so much projection. The, like it's the painful. relevant comment was yeah. just it's just like delusional. that's not that's not what people get from Dorit. Like you're so out of touch with how the audience perceives all these people. Yeah. And she Garcelle says that she needs an apology for Dorit using the word bully. And Dorit, like, she does apologize, but it's her apology is like wrapped up within a five-minute explanation of why. <laughs> 
She did sort of mean bully because right. one part of bully is that it's incessive. And, you know, that's like Garcelle, you were bringing it up over and over again. And like, so bully, you know, but also I'm so sorry. And it's like, that's not how apologies right. work. Like you're either sorry for saying the word or you meant it and it was correct. Like it's like going back to the earlier the season when they were going on and on about the word violated. And mm, it's like, my God. It's Can't like there that. are dictionary definitions of words. And so, Dorit, like, if you really feel like the word bully was accurate, then say that. But don't explain why you used it and then half apologize. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Can we get to the meat of the issue, which is where is the money? Like, I like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to like argue over the definition of words anymore. Like, it's very boring. It's very Bill Clinton in the nineties. Like, what is the definition of is? I also felt like Rita was just like gaslighting her. Whenever she would get upset, she would turn it into a topic that had nothing to do with that. And then like double down on her stance. But like, so the point where I was like, by the end of it, I had no idea what like anyone was even talking about. So she did a good job of like diffusing the blame on herself to where like suddenly she's she's like, can we just hug? I'm like, what when, did it just happen? We, like, like we have to when, use the situation so much when Rina brought up this- when Rina brought up Harry Hamlin watching the show and <laughs> saying that Garcelle seems so unhappy. Like, what's going on with her? Where's the old Garcelle? I was like, oh my god! Like, first of all, I don't even necessarily believe that that interaction happened, but like, <laughs> it made me think of. When I was like in high school, every single day, my mom would just be like, you look sad. Are you sad? And I'm like, I'm just like sitting here. Like, I'm just like, I'm doing homework. (laughs) Well, it reminded me me of like, I felt like she would, that was a total gaslighting move. Like it reminded me of when my mom says like annoying shit to me about my wedding. And then I get really annoyed at her. And then she's like, why are you so sad? Like, why are you so angry? Why should like brides shouldn't be so angry? Like, is there something wrong? <laughs> it's gaslighting. Right, it's gaslighting. Me off. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Also, okay, can we talk about Rena's physical move to the other couch, which felt like the physical manifestation of like love bombing? It's like she put, yeah. she went so close to her that it made it basically impossible for Garcelle not to just be like, fine. Like, it was so. It was so manipulative that she did that. I always have mixed feelings about reunion makeups because like sometimes I think they can be really genuine and earned and like a culmination. But so much of the time it feels like, okay, now hug. Okay, like we talked this through. Like it's for the audience. Renan didn't admit she was wrong. She was just like, I love you. I love you. You're my best friend. Like we have so much fun together. But also with Dorit and Garcelle last night, 
it also felt like Garcelle was kind of backed into a corner with that. And she's like, I don't dislike anything about Dorit. So I guess we can be friends. And it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't blame Garcelle for feeling like she kind of had to do that, but it's like, we can dislike things about people. And like, I think you do dislike things about her. Like you've just been going at it for the last 30 minutes. Like it's okay. Yeah. I think they do that to her a lot. Like they make her like wrap everything up in a bow and like basically dishonor her feelings constantly. I also like to say anyway, I think Rinna totally did say the thing about race. She never even denied saying it. She just kind of like skirted around the issue by she not. She was like, just like indignant about it and like oh, Garcelle. She didn't. She denied it. I think. No, she you didn't. Don't, she didn't, she didn't say that. She it? said you should okay. have come to me if someone told you that. Well, and she I didn't think it was just say that. It was more of like a definitely. You you know me like you really think I would say something like that like Garcelle like you. You honestly, like, it's very, like, you're shaming the other person for even, like, right considering this thing that somebody brought to them. It's not like Garcelle came up with this idea that Rinna said it, and now it's like, I think you said it. It's like, somebody told her that she said it. Like, right. it, rem- it reminds me of Jen Shaw, like, denying that her t- that she tweeted her tweets, or, like, liked those <laughs> tweets. And it's like, who else would it have She's been? Like, I don't even know like, what you're talking about. I don't know right. what you're talking about. It's like, I did it, and I don't know who told you. Yeah, <laughs> right? and yeah, it yeah. was like, I do, I don't know if you guys watched the Watch What Happens Live with Garcelle last night, but yes. they were they were Andy was asking about this, and she got Garcelle was asked like, "Do you think Rinna said this thing?" And you could tell that Garcelle was like, "If I say that I think she said it, it's going to be a whole thing." Yeah, and so she's like, that. "Um, uh, uh, no, I don't think Rinna said it," and like. I do believe that Garcelle wants to move forward with Lisa Rinna, at least in the sense of like, if they're going to be on the show together, let's not spend a whole nother season fighting. But like, I, Rinna might have said that. Like, I don't, it's not outside the realm of possibility. And I think it's like funny to see these white women on these shows over and over again act like so horrified at the suggestion that they would do something that honestly kind of sounds like something they would do. Yeah. It's like, I, I, they want her to like be in their agree, you know, in sort of in on their agreement that they're not going to go certain places, but like, she's never agreed to that. You don't treat her in a way that would make her feel included. That would make her want, like that would maybe incentivize her to like, you know, want to talk things through with you in a civilized way. Like, it's just sort of like, they really emotionally emotionally manipulate her to a a large they want her, extent. They want her to sign the like friendship agreement without getting any of the right. benefits. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you just well, that put was what the love bombing birth. thing was about. I felt like yeah. after the racial comment, Joanna was like quick thinking, like shit. I need to like just diffuse this whole thing. So I'm just gonna like tell her that we're best friends. Run over to the like, couch. If I sit on her lap right now, will she stop right. She's talking like, about this me? This relationship cannot end. And the thing that people talk about with me and her is that, like I said, that there's too much, like there shouldn't be any racial discussion on the on the show. So I need to like just end this. Give her the hug. We're made up, and then like move. Not like really admit any guilt to anything, but just like move on, and then end yeah. that conversation. So yeah, basically Beverly Hills. It's seems like it's going to start filming basically now. 
And assuming everyone is coming back, what do you think, how do you think Garcelle is actually going to be with Dorit and Rinna moving forward? Because they all seemingly made up at the reunion, but like I would give those makeups like a six out of 10 at best in terms of like authenticity. Right. Well, I think that the, the, uh, alliances have shifted on the show. And I think we have solidified a new trio of Crystal, Garcelle and Sutton who kind of adjacently have Kathy, I think, because Kathy Mm -hmm. doesn't want anything to do with Rinna or Dorit, like really like, and Kyle's obviously her sister. So I think that like Garcelle, I think the three of them are going to be in a better position because the fandom is like more on their side. Um, Can I say something? Crystal doesn't really seem to be like, I know she's like grouped in with the two of them, but she doesn't seem to like, like either of them that much. I don't really see why they're grouped with Crystal so much just because she's new. I think they do like each other now. I think Crystal is like sort of like a swing vote almost where she like, Mm -hmm. she obviously is like friends with Rinna and Dorit, you know, like she kind of gets along with that group but I do think she and Garcelle have had some conversations like on a little deeper level. I do think she and Sutton are like genuinely good now. Um, but I'll be most interested to see really where Kyle sort of fits in next season because right. it seems like Erica is really like not impressed with how Kyle has, yeah. you know, like dealt with her. And so I've, I've, I'm curious to see if that's going to manifest in like Kyle and Rinna not being so good. If Rinna is still like Erica's, you know, brave little soldier. I think Kyle should cut her losses like right now. And Erica's never going to trust her again. Fine. You don't, do you want that woman's trust anyway? Why? Like, and I think Kyle has this and you saw her kind of do do it with LVP is like she has this need to like make every single person like her, even if she even if it's like impossible and like she doesn't even necessarily like them. Like she I just think she can't stand to have someone who's not like approving of her. And that's why she's like not just cutting her losses with Erica and like distancing from her, like in a very clear way. Like it would make so much more sense for her to do that. But she isn't. And actually, in the second half of this season, Kyle and Sutton had a few one-on-one scenes with each other, and it seems like they get along pretty well. And so I almost would like to see Kyle sort of lean into that friendship and actually, like, get closer with Garcelle. And I think that could be, like, a really good sort of new lane for her. But at the same time, like, I don't see Kyle, like really like not like moving away from like Rinna and Dorit in a meaningful way, because I I think think she still sees them as like more powerful on. She wants to be on that side more. I also think she can relate more to their like materialism and their lack of being down to earth. Like, I think that's much more Kyle's like wheelhouse than like, (laughs) I want to engage in interesting discussions about race and like, the legal and the legal part of like Erica's thing. Like, I don't, I think Kyle's like a little more superficial than the Garcelle. Yeah. Sutton. 
Kyle, Kyle still had to read the article. Like Kyle having to explain once like, again. I had someone explain the article to me. It's like <laughs> right, having to explain yeah. once again that the LA Times article was too long for her. It's like oh embarrassing. My God, like, like you didn't think that was embarrassing the first time. Like right, yeah, I agree with that. She's too shallow for that. Like having someone explain the like legal ramifications is is fine, but it's like. Stop saying that it was because the article was too long. Right, like, like that's, that's what stupid. did you get on your SAT reading comprehension? Like I think she's zero. Like, like she didn't go to college, so she probably didn't take the SATs. Did Kyle, but, she uh, go to college? But, no. Remember, she I in the early season, she's like, I was I was a working actress, so I didn't go to college. Oh, she could have right, gone, right, she right. could have gone to college. Total. She was not that famous or successful. Speaking yeah. of, I'm seeing Halloween Kills tonight. So oh, that's exciting! Oh my god! If I have to hear Kyle pretend like she's fucking Macaulay Culkin one more time, like <laughs> she was not that successful of a child, driving me crazy. Yeah, but honestly, Kyle's biggest like trait, I think, is that she makes shallow friendships easily. Like she she's good at getting along with people on like a shallow dimension. So she could, in theory, like make friends with Sutton and like be Sutton's friend. Like, I'm sure they have lots of rich stuff to talk about. You know what I mean? Like jewelry auctions. Yeah. And I mean, we saw them shopping for like China or whatever. Yeah. like I'm, I'm sure they could form a whole relationship just based on spending money. Like maybe Kyle's never going to relate to Garcelle about. Maybe she doesn't need to have like their kids, how much they love their kids, kids. like what it's like to be a mom, like and worry what about it's your like kids. Being an actress, you know, being in Hollywood. I would love to see them bring one of Garcelle's like real friends onto the cast. Like, I don't think this cast needs like a lot of shakeups or anything, but like that's one angle that I would love to see them explore a little bit because I think Garcelle has like actual like cool interesting friends and i would love to see like a little more of her real vibe all they need to do to make to satisfy me is to drop rinna like just drop (laughs) rinna and like you could really that's the only change they need to make even if they demoted her to a friend of that would also satisfy me would you if they dropped rinna would you want denise to come back sure yeah why not like more drama better i like more, denise yeah like more i don't know drama, if i need good. to see i don't know if i need to hear from aaron until the pandemic is like fully in the rearview mirror yes no aaron but like <laughs> denise i felt like was sort of an interesting character because you weren't really sure like what was going on with her like do you know what i mean like she's she's also one where you're like kind of like you sometimes i'm not really sure like and like what's her going season on one times. her first season vibe was different than her second season like she kind of it was hard to get a read on her, like as a housewife. I agree. Right, hard to she read. Needed, like another couple of seasons to really fully understand totally. her. Well, if we if we fire LR, then maybe we can get Denise back. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, this episode was so fun. I feel like we. I feel like we really dipped our toes in. We got some important issues out of the way, and now you know we're starting to talk about Erica and Tom, and there's clearly a lot more. You know. A lot more questioning to Apparently to the to. first, Andy said the first 20 minutes of the next episode, the next reunion episode are, yes, about, are about her marriage. Her marriage. Oh, great. See, I'm that's like, obviously I want all the like, I want all the like legal <laughs> questions too, but like the marriage is. We need to clarify week. a lot of these like inconsistencies. Totally. Well, 
This has been great. I'm so glad you guys were able to join me and you'll be back next Thursday to discuss part two and it will be the Winter House premiere. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Um, In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, follow the show wherever you listen so you don't miss any of our episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. Just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.